What's up, everyone? I'm Scott. And I'm Amy. And this is Ranked, a podcast where we rank top tens of of film, TV, music, and everything in between. And today we're talking year-end wraps. It's December 29th, and there's a ton of music from this year, but we have a little bit of a funny hiccup with that you want you want to go amy you want to you want to get into this we, we talked a little yeah. bit about it off mic <laughs> um so as we told everybody in episode one uh scott and i are not sharing our lists ahead of time so that we can be just as surprised when we have this conversation as well um and when we we're starting to prep this up we realized we're really in for a surprise because uh when scott was planning this out he planned it for all songs from 2023 and while I was planning it out, I'm like, what did I listen to the most in 2023 and why? Um, so <laughs> our lists are a little yeah, bit different yeah, now, whereas yeah. from Scott, you're going to get a list of songs from 2023, whereas from Amy, you're going to get a, a wide variety of songs, one from 2023. Um, I won't say which one, but there, there's at least one in there, but that's it. <laughs> that's right. You, you, did, you did the Spotify wrapped the way it should have been you you did it the right way the ones that everybody shares and they show their top five artists their top five songs you uh you're the rule follower i i picked all songs from 2023 um i make my own playlist on apple um so right there you could already tell where we got different lists she's spotify i'm apple we're dueling um but apple finally caught up to spotify with their replay and i finally got to check mine out and it was pretty on the money but i Starting in January, I like to make my own list, and I just start picking songs. I start picking songs every month, every time new music's released. I download it, listen to it, start creating my own list, and by the year end, I got like 200-something songs from 2023, and I narrowed it down to 10, and you picked your favorite 10 that you just happened to listen to this year. So we we, we kind of had a funny moment before we started recording about <laughs> how different this was and how this was like. Not quite miscommunication, but it was. Uh, it's it's going to make for a unique episode because it's a little bit different. But they're both they're both our twenty twenty three list. I wouldn't really say either one's the right or wrong way either, though. I mean, when you think of That's the right. songs of twenty twenty three, it's the songs of twenty twenty three. What came out in twenty twenty three that would make your top ten? But then we yeah we also have this whole like different types of uh, music applications wrapping our lives and telling you what did you listen to the most in twenty twenty three. And it just, it always reminds me how eclectic my music taste is. I'm all over the place. Um, but what songs really resonated with me for 2023 is what did hit the list. Um, and, you know, when I listen to a song for the first time, to me, that's new music. So if I heard it first, first time ever in 2023, then to me, that was a new song in 2023, even if it was made 10 years ago. Um, so that's, some of those did make my list. So I, I will be able to, to dive into those ones. Uh, but Scott, they're both, do you want to kick both us off? Lists. Yeah, they're both correct <laughs> lists. Yeah, r- real quick, before I kick off my top 10, I will say that um, I, maybe I'll save them for the runners-up, but I'll just throw in some stuff from my list that I, I did listen to quite a bit all year that's not f- from 2023. And then we'll give some runners-up <laughs> in general if you have them. Um, yeah, I'll kick, off, I'll, I'll kick off the list with my number 10. Um, number 10 is from one of my favorite artist uh and it is Waterslide by Janelle Monet. You a fan? You a Janelle fan? I don't know Janelle. Scott, I feel like oh, today you're going to teach me so much be because Yeah. Yeah, I mean looking at my list it's made me realize that I am so behind when it comes to music. I I mean, 
you, you, uh, you'll hear it in my list of like, oh, that came out then. So you're definitely going to educate me on what I'm probably going to listen to throughout 2024. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay, yeah. So Waterslide by Janelle Monet. Um, this is her from her fourth studio album, The Age of Pleasure. And she kind of finally hit her stride this year. She was just happy, healthy, at her artistic peak, probably. Um, heavy reggae influence on this album. And Janelle Monet has always kind of been very progressively and kind of liberating sexually, artistically. And this was like the first album where it was like kind of the breaks were off and the videos were coinciding and it was just a pool party of friends and just delight. And, you know, it was kind of probably her most creative album. Um, very body positive, very inclusive. You could just tell she was kind of in the bag and was like, this is who I am. This is my artistry. Really not shying away from any of it. Very like openly explicit videos, but like with a purpose, very artistic, like tastefully done and very soulful album. And she was just having the time of her life on her, this album. And I love the album, but I would encourage people if they're not fans of Janelle Monet to not only go check her work, but they got to get into Waterslide and watch the accompanying video because it's delightful. I love yeah, it. when I go back and listen to this again, I'm going to have to start making notes. Uh, I, I love reggae. So Revolution is one of my favorite bands. I don't know if you've heard of Revolution sure. before. Sure. Um, but in the summertime, I listen to a lot of reggae and Revolution tends to be my top, which for some reason, it doesn't ever make my rap. I don't know what I listen to in the the moodier months. That <laughs> just totally beats out my my fun summer vibe. Um, but I, I I like everything you're describing of her too. Um, I'm I'm really into any of the women artists that have been more body positive. We you know we didn't really have that when we were growing up, so uh, it's nice to see that a lot more often now. For sure. What you got? Uh, all right. Well, so my number 10 is a song that I thought came out this year and I was super pumped about it because it's an artist that's been around for a long time. And I was like, wow, she, she came out with this new song. It sounds really awesome. It has a nice beat to it. Uh, it it's it's pretty badass and she's just badass in herself. Um, but it's Madonna with Nicki Minaj and it's called Bitch, I'm Madonna. Um, and Scott, do you, I don't, are you a Madonna fan? No, I'm, I'm not at all. I, I mean, I respect the classics, but I, I'm not, a, I can't say I'm in the Madonna hive. Well, okay. So this song came out in 2015 and I'm like, how did I never hear this until 2023? Like, you know, I'm, I don't, I haven't listened to everything by Madonna, but I feel like a song like this, I would have heard because it's, it's super upbeat. It's fun to bounce around to. It's easy to get into the, the, uh, lyrics of it and just sing along with it. Um, I actually first heard this song when I was at a drag show and a queen that I, I really love to watch perform, uh, perform to this song. And it was just, just so much high energy that came with this song. Uh, and just the attitude of it too. Like it's just Madonna being like, this is who I am and either dig it or peace out. And I just, I just love that about her. Like she just, she is who she is and she's her, her own person and you're either with it or she just doesn't give a shit. Just get away. Uh, mm -hmm. so I, I, this song really like jazzed me up this year. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, not, I, you know, it, I, I think, I think a lot of her stuff previously, um, 
and like at the height of Madonna being Madonna was is pretty timeless. But as I don't know, for me, probably maybe diminishing return over the years, some stuff that's a little clunky and maybe weird, a little weird. But yeah, I mean, it's, she's Madonna. She's still the, the fact that she's still making music and still, you know, hitting the charts and she's still hitting the downloads and people are still checking for it. It's like kind of, you know, she's got to stay in power. Yeah, and I like weird, so that's perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, what do you got for number nine, Scott? Number nine is a song called Lucid Dreamer by a newcomer artist, Naomi Sharon. Um, she's incredible. She This is her debut album uh, from uh, titled Obsidian. She's a Dutch Caribbean singer. She actually signed to OVO Records, which is Drake's, Drake's label. Um, just perfect melodies like she's kind of came out of nowhere but she she had been doing some stuff and put out you know some things here and there and then this album kind of just showed up and she's got great social media so she's always she's out there and there's a lot of comparisons made to Sade and when you hear her music you can hear the comparison but it's not a copycat which in a lot of ways when you hear when you hear a lot of artists come out and they talk about those influences you can hear the, you can hear the copycat in it. It's, it's, it sounds like a caricature. Or they're kind of mimicking that those influences where you can hear them in her and you can hear them in this song, especially. Um, and the album has them, but it's it's her modernizing it with her own sound. But it's very very close, and it's it's a flattering influence, is what you you know I'd probably say. But it's um. Probably, eh, probably one of the most like intimate and probably like honest debuted albums. It's it's very hard for newer artists when they come out to stick to their own sound and kind of and write their own songs. A lot of times they get hit with like the formulaic label songwriting, and yeah, you know they they're they're kind of told to sing these songs, and we're gonna make this record, and it's gonna hit the radios, but it's also gonna you know, it's going to be on TikTok and it's going to become more of like almost like a meme hit. There's so many like of those like meme hits these days. You hear these songs, you're like, it's not even a song. Like that, that is a song and an artist that exists, but it's just it's it just becomes like a like a soundbite. And for her being a this being her debut album and this song particularly, but her whole her whole album is just incredible. And it's like it's very rare. It's a snapshot because most new artists don't get that chance to make like that honest album that's authentic to them and the sound that they want to have. Um, I love her. She's incredible. So number nine, Lucid Dreamer, Naomi Sharon. Yeah, that's amazing. I I can't even imagine being an artist in this day and age with all the different ways that you can get your music out there. I mean, it's, it's great because there are all these options, but it's overwhelming because there's all these options, which means there's so many different people getting their music out there as well. And you know you even see like there there's some artists that i've grown up with that you know they had that period where they gave in to what the the society wanted them to be and then you know they broke out of it again years later which is great um Mm -hmm. because it was like that little period where i i didn't listen to them anymore and then um got to see them expand and go back to their raw uh musician talents so I, i love that yeah, it doesn't doesn't happen often. It's a lot of times they have to kind of do that, you know, kind of cookie cutter 
first album or two per the label, you know, and they get to do a couple of their a couple of their their versions of their songs and and their artistry, but a lot of it's kind of like what the label wants and then you kind of see the breakout midway through. So, yeah, for her doing this on her first album is pretty amazing. So number 9, what you got? Yeah, uh so my number 9 was from 2022, so that's <laughs> close to 2023. <laughs> close enough. Close, um, we're getting there. <laughs> But this is an, another artist, too, uh, very well-known. Um, she's somebody I've been listening to uh, all through post-college. Just just wonderful artist, artist, has a beautiful voice. She's so talented. She can play multiple instruments. She's got into acting. She is also somebody who is her own self, very independent. Um, it's Lady Gaga, and it's the song Hold My Hand. Um, and this song came out for uh, the Top Gun Maverick movie. And it's just the first time I heard her play it, it was her just playing a piano and singing the song. And it was just beautiful. And her, her voice just she she just has a captivating voice, captivating voice. And I love listening to her sing. I just I, I'm just in awe of Lady Gaga. So um, anything that she's put out in, and you know, when she when she did A Star is Born, too, I just I, I fell in love with her even more, uh, you know, seeing seeing just how raw she could be um being out there without makeup on and uh still being as beautiful as ever but also you know sometimes gets a little crazy in her outfit choices and makeup and it's great and she's um she's somebody who's a, a strong advocate for protection of animals and everything too so I, I like i like her person side of her and also her talented music side of her um but i just thought this song was beautiful and the way she sings it is just amazing um and yeah, I'm excited to see her come out in Joker 2, uh, which is going to be oh, a musical. Yeah. So uh, just saw some some new new clips and highlights from it today. So that got me really pumped for that. Um, but yeah, she, she's per- amazing. Perfect. So Perfect role for her. <laughs> yeah, any, anything she puts out, I'm pretty much I'm into for that year. So uh, she had to yeah, make my great. list. Yeah, that's an um, excellent pick. Yeah, number how eight? about you, Scott? What, what hit number eight? All right, number eight is uh, kind of another new and up-and-comer, um, and it's a song called Show Up by Sadika and Luke Delacroix. Now, Sadika's been doing some stuff with a group from L.A. called McKenna, and Luke Delacroix is kind of the electronic alter ego of one half of McKenna. Um... And Sadika, I read a couple things where Sadika had moved. She was, um, I think, a Long Beach native, and she moved back to Brooklyn and kind of rejuvenated her, kind of her sound and her take on music and hmm. talked about how she liked being able to walk around her neighborhood in Brooklyn and just put music on and just walk freely where LA, you know, you're kind of driving everywhere and it's just kind of a different vibe and a different feel. But her music has always been very upbeat, very soulful, but kind of like a little bit of a throwback, almost like a little disco-y, but R&B, kind of like a little 80s pop. Like, you can hear the influences, but her sound is, like, really fresh. Um, and this song was, a, you know, obviously like a collab with those two, and they did a couple other things in the past, but this is one of those ones where as soon as I put it on, I'm like, this is just like a summer anthem. And it's upbeat, it's fun. I love Sadika's voice and I, I hope 2024 brings like a debut album. Um, cause she's kind of just dropped like these nuggets, but 
she's incredible and very authentic and you can tell she's just really into her own artistry she's she knows what she wants to do um and this song is just just like just the all-time summer jam it's like you you can't not nod your head to this um yeah i love her show up by satika Gotta yeah, telling out. me seasons with it is perfect, Scott, because that's how I organize my playlist. So I have a mm-hmm. I have a summer a summer fun list and it's all just like it's either reggae or upbeat bouncy songs. So anything I can sing along to, bounce to, or just get in more of a, a happier chill mode for summer is is perfect. So yeah, anything that's not a little moody. <laughs> moody I say for winter and fall. <laughs> right. So, yes, yeah, I, I have summer. a I have a playlist that's uh just called pool party and it's just what you'd might want to hear at like a fun summer pool party and uh sadika makes a couple appearances she's great uh, you better share that list with me i want to listen to pool party <laughs> i hope you also like very raunchy west coast hip-hop because that's also on there <laughs> see anything to open me up to new music too scott i'm all about it yeah. that's yeah. um this is you know right now <laughs> the this is Second half of my list is more like songs that have lived with me for a while and just I, I always end up listening to you and you know my the higher end of the list is all stuff that is new to me. So I always love being introduced to new music. Um when I used to work with students more, they'd introduce me to new music all the time. I actually when I had Pandora back in the day and I was student teaching, the students in one of my classes were the ones who set up my Pandora profile and were adding all these different channels for me to listen to, um, to start getting used to, you know. What, what students were listening to at the time, which was a very wide array of music. Um, yep. I had everything on there from EDM to uh, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. So it was, it was a big, big mashup going on. I love it. Um, number, so with that, your number eight? <laughs> uh, my number eight is also a song that probably a lot of people know. Um, it's by a very well-known artist, another female artist. Um, she's somebody who I've been listening to since elementary school days. Um, she was once in a group, then went solo. Um, and this song really just resonated with me personally this year. Uh, but I do tend to like to listen to the song a lot, um, especially as I try to get more, um, you know, in, in a mindset of being positive about being a woman. Sometimes that's a little bit more complicated uh, to me. And so it's Beyonce's Run the World. Girls, and it came out in 2011, which also I didn't realize it was that old either. Um, but it's been around a while. Sheesh. Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, but yeah, like for me, this really resonated this year because I changed jobs and I feel like I leveled up myself. Um, and this is, I'm now working for a place that I've wanted to work for for almost a decade now. Um, so I really feel like I've, I've hit this great, great peak of life right now and that. Um, and also I get, to, I've been getting to watch my nieces level up this year. My one niece just graduated high school, going to, going to school for nursing. My other niece uh, has recently accepted a job where she's doing a lot of stuff with, with management and is just like, you know, being her own, being her own boss. I love it. Um, but I get to see like a lot of the, the students I worked with um, when I was in an education system uh, starting to do their own thing too and do these, these really powerful roles that were typically uh, male dominated and it, some of the fields are still very male dominated but they're they're really moving themselves up within there so it's been just awesome seeing all the, all these women as they're growing um who are you know in a generation behind me but see, seeing them get to do it, it it's just lovely um yeah 
Uh, and Beyonce also came out with an album. I think it was last year and has been touring a lot. So I've been listening to more Beyonce anyway. So um, she started to come back into my reel this year. Um, I really got into her, her new songs from Renaissance, like Alien Superstar, uh, All Up In Your Mind, uh, I'm That Girl. She just, she, 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 she kills it all the time. Great <laughs> so. album. Great album. Huge, huge year for Beyonce with the Renaissance yeah. tour and the, and the movie. Yeah, big Beehive fan. <laughs> well, it takes us um, to number seven, number, Scott. What was your number seven? Number, yeah. I love this one. I probably should have I probably should have put this higher because I listen to the I listen to this a lot. I love this album. Love both of these artists. Um my number seven is a song Tioga Pass by Yusuf Days and Rocco Paladino. Are you familiar with either one of no. those fellas? No, but intrigued. So Rocco Palladino, just off top, is the son of legendary bass player Pino Palladino. Okay. Um, so quite the musical family. And it, Apple doesn't fall far from the tree because my guy on the bass is just lethal. Um, Yusuf Days, this is his debut album, Black Classical Music. And he is a contemporary jazz drummer, producer, kind of extraordinaire. Real unique style. Um, and this is just these two have collaborated before, um, but this was like the perfect, perfect use of Rocco Palladino, like on bass and Yusuf on the drums is just lights out. And one of the things I love about not only this song, but these two collaborating in this ty- type and style of music is that there's no lyrics. It's just music. Hmm. And it's you're just listening to these just incredible musicians just play. And they perform this live in Malibu. And if anybody you know is familiar with these guys or may have already seen it or hasn't seen it, there's a clip. You can watch it on YouTube. They performed it kind of like on a little oceanside cliff in Malibu. And I don't know. I mean, shout out to whoever recorded and produced that video because it sounds like it was in. It sounds like it was on an album. I don't know how they got it to sound that good on the side of a road. But they performed this. And this song is just lights out. Um, and it also features, I want to say on the actual recorded album version, is an artist named Charlie Stacy on the keyboards. But mm-hmm. in the live version, it's um, Elijah Fox, who, I mean, just something fierce on the keys. And I love his music as well. So these guys all collaborating. This album is great top to bottom. It's just really refreshing. But Tioga Pass is like, I, 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 if I had to check my Apple Music like replay, I think I listened to this like 78 times. And I don't ex- have the exact date it came out, but it's like I it, it didn't come out in like January. So it was like probably like March or April or something, but I listened to this constantly. I probably should have had a higher, but you know, you got to I I probably jockeyed this list around like 9 times. <laughs> no, I really like that they that they came out with a live version, especially something so new like that. Um, you know, sometimes you listen to an artist live and it's nothing like when they're in a recording studio and get a bunch of editing and it's, it's disappointing actually. Um, I've had mm-hmm. that happen with artists where I've seen them live and I'm like, Oh no. And then it's hard to listen to them anymore. Even if I really like them, I just cringe a little bit. Some of them I do still listen to, but you know, I'll never listen to them live again because it, it ruined the experience. Um, but no, that's awesome. Yeah, and the the thing I love, especially with these guys, is because of 
the type of music they're playing and just how crazy talented they are in some of their live, well, really a lot of their live versions of these album cuts, they'll add like little flourishes and they'll add little extra kind of filters to the keys or the, you know, the guitar riffs, or they'll add a little, like in this video, they kind of let, you know, Rocco on the bass, he kind of just started adding his own little flourishes and did a couple little chord progressions. And it, it just makes, it not only elevates like the album version, but when you listen to it, you're like, why didn't you just do that on the album? Because the live versions, you know, some people are like, ah, the live version, I like the album version. I always love live versions, especially like this, because they just always add those extra little things. And I'm like, I should have just did that on the album. But I love this one. This whole album, this is great. Number seven. Uh, yeah, so number seven kind of ties with number eight for me. Um, it was a year for quite a bit of change, and I still feel there's going to be a lot of change coming in the upcoming year uh, for me. Um, but it's by an artist that I've listened to since middle school, and she's somebody who uh, really helped me get through middle school years. Uh, she was just her own badass, like a lot of the women I've been listening to lately. Um, she she didn't really care what people thought. She looked fantastic, even though it was it was different. Um, but the song I picked, uh, it's by Pink, and it was Raise Your Glass. Um, and that song just really, to me, it's like a great way to just try to celebrate the year that you've had this year. Um, so, you know, ra raise your glass, cheer no matter what. And the line that always stuck with me, just because I was always a bit of a, a weird one uh, growing up and still am a bit of a weird nerd. Uh, but, you know, she sings about we'll never be anything but dirty little freaks and just just celebrate yourself always. And it's great. Um, I got to see her live in November for my first time ever. And she is absolutely amazing live. Um, she it, did a lot of the aerial stuff. Uh, there were people jumping off trampolines. She can sing while she's doing flips and still sound fabulous, which is crazy to me. Um, her she had her little girl come out and sing a song with her, which was beautiful. And this was one of the first concerts I have cried at. I was crying so much. It was just so wonderful to see her live and I would love to see her live again. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like her all the way from when she was singing songs like there you go. And most girls and had her short pink hair to now she's just amazing. And I hope she keeps performing uh, forever. <laughs> she's great. Yeah. I've, I've seen, I've caught like, you know, some of like the YouTube videos of like her performances and she's, yeah, she's pretty incredible. I will say one of the ones that kind of I've, I've gone back to is um, because the live version that they did, I want to say it was like kind of like a storytellers, like almost like a VH1 storytellers ish type thing. It might even have been that it, before they maybe I think stopped doing that. But it was a it was a live version of um, I think it was just give me a reason with Nate Roos from fun. Mm, mm -hmm. And they did that live. And it was like, it's like, man, this is like the two of them together. <sighs> lights out. It was just unbelievable. She's powerhouse. Yeah, she's amazing. I I could listen to her all day, all night. Uh, can't really say there's an album I haven't liked by her. She's just she's fantastic, and all this she and so as a as a librarian, one thing that she did too is when she performed in Florida, she was uh, giving away free band books to people, and I'm like, yes, Queen, just do it. I love this. Uh, so <laughs> she just awesome. she rules me. I love her. <laughs> She's great. Great artist. Great person. Yeah. Love it. Uh, All right, Scott, six. dive into your number six. Number six. 
um, is by one of my probably favorite working artists and who just does not miss, like cannot put make bad music. Um, and it's the song What's the Time Where You Are by Troy Sivan. You familiar? You Troy Sivan? Mm-hmm. No? Amy, we're, you're we're, really, you're really we're learning all sorts today. of stuff this year. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting into all sorts. We're, I might actually have to just give you my list. I might just share you my whole list. <laughs> Um, well, if you're not, if you know, if you're not familiar, Troy Sivan is an Australian singer songwriter and probably one of the best pop artists working pop music gets a bad rap, but I love pop music. And if it's, if it's made as well as he makes his albums and his singles and the way he markets, it's, you just, there's really nobody better. Um, this is his third album called Something to Give Each Other. And this, again, this is a kind of a party anthem, but about long distance relationships. This kind of, this kind of almost fits into one of my favorite subgenres of music, which is upbeat, like almost upbeat pop rhythmic songs that have like dark lyrics or like sad okay. lyrics, but you're like kind of jamming. And then you realize like three listens in that it's like not a happy song or doesn't, it might be about a breakup or you know, something like that, but um, I love him. He, he's incredible. Um, and he just, again, somebody that's like very in tune with themselves and you watch his videos and they're very provocative, very art, you know, very artsy, very tasteful, you know, they're thematic. Um, and he puts a lot into them and he's just one of those ones that can, is really, it's really rare, but He's one of the few working artists that, like, every time he puts something out, it's an event, and he creates full albums that are, like, cohesive and thematic, and you can, one, one song at the top to the bottom. Like, you, there's no skip. There's no bad songs. He's incredible. This is a jam. This also came out in the summer, and I was like, this is probably another summer anthem right next to Sadika. So, yeah, if you're not on Troy, you gotta, gotta brush up. No, I'll have to check that out, especially especially if the lyrics are dark, but this is an upbeat song. I always like to read through lyrics and analyze them a little bit, but I've also found it really interesting because there's songs that I really like the beat to, and I sing along to it, but I don't always entirely know what the words are. And then I go look at the lyrics, and I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, There's, there's maybe like five words that they use in the entire song, but I thought there was a whole plethora of stuff because the actual sound behind it is so good. But people sometimes they're, people they're, just repeat the same words for over and over for four minutes, and we're like, "Yeah, this is great." Yeah, yeah. There, there's, yeah. there's, there'll probably be another list that we'll do, you know, sooner than later, um, where that subgenre that I'm talking about will come more into play. But I, I am a sucker for it when you when somebody puts out music that's like very upbeat and get kind of you almost kind of start moving to it and you're like oh this is a groove and then you like catch the lyrics like one second or third time around you're like this is dark i love those love those that's I my love kind songs of music like <laughs> yeah I, I love stuff like that i'm like let's let's go number six yeah well you know i'll just i'll just add on to your point about pop having a bad yeah. rap too it's it's one of those it's tough because i feel like pop changes so much because it changes mm-hmm, sure. with society and culture as much as society and culture is changing. So what was pop, I feel like when we were younger is totally not pop now. And I guess you could probably argue that for any genre. Um, but I just feel like it's so it's so huge. It contains so many things like even 
songs that we considered punk or rock or alternative are also considered pop because they were popular and stuff that uh, is considered rap and R&B would sometimes be considered pop country. Same thing. Like just like everything bubbles into this top. Yeah. And often, you know, and often times is kind of like what I was talking about with like Naomi Sharon, you get pop artists, even though she's not really what you'd consider a pop artist, but Mm-hmm. You get these artists who come out and they're making pop music. And if they get kind of roped in by the label, they're making kind of crappy pop music that ends up in commercials or on the radio 9,000 times. Yeah. And I think when people are making really well-crafted pop music, or they just happen to kind of be more of a pop artist, but their music is just a higher tier, it it's not going to get you know abused by radio stations or it's not going to get crushed by social media and you're like I, I can't listen to this song again this has been everywhere it's everywhere for a good reason yeah the weekend was one of those artists where once he kind of got out there some stuff was getting killed but then the other stuff was like okay like i'm glad that didn't catch on because that's like really well made but it's that's more pop music so yeah it definitely gets a bad rap i stick up for pop <laughs> well i like fan. that blended that blending of genres too like you see a lot of crossover yeah. between stuff and I I like it. I think it sounds really cool to hear the different things. I remember when Jay-Z and Linkin Park came out with just a, a remix of their songs together, and it was awesome. And there's only seven songs, I think, on the album, but it's amazing. Definitely. But, all right, my number six. Um, so my number six uh, is a younger artist. She's been around for a few years now. Um, but I just started getting into her a, l- a little bit more this year. And it's Billie Eilish. And uh, the songs I listened to that really stood out to me include the You Should See Me in a Crown, uh, Happier Than Ever, and What I Was Made For, uh, or What Was I Made For. So What Was I Made For is the one song on my list that came out in 2023. It was made for the Barbie movie. (laughs) Uh, And uh, You Should See Me in a Crown and Happier Than Ever. I just really like the way that Billie Eilish does this whole it's a little bit of a softer slow song but then suddenly it just gets super like grunge and like punching on the keyboard angry music and I just love it she's like a little badass coming out of nowhere and it's different and she just has so much talent to her like these these are great songs that normally I wouldn't find and finding them I'm now been digging deeper into Billie Eilish music uh, so may see more of that next year for me. Uh, but yeah, uh, Billie Eilish takes over my number six. Yes, yeah, she's kind of um, kind of untapped for me. I haven't really dug into her stuff much. I hear, you know, like I, I hear it because I'm always checking stuff out and, um, you know, keeping up on any artist that's new. And, you know, even if it's stuff I'm like not maybe the biggest fan of, I'll still check it out just to, you know, see what's there. And yeah, she's kind of one I kind of have to go back over because I've heard it. I've heard the stuff that's like popular. I've heard some of like the rough cuts, but I have, I, I have this, I have this like routine of when like somebody I want to check out releases like an album. I usually put the album in my headphones and I go top, you know, first song to last song, like without skipping. And that's like how I listen to music in my headphones. And, um, she's kind of one of the people like, I'm like, yeah, I've caught myself going, eh, eh, not today. I'll try another. And I, <laughs> So I I gotta get after. I kind of just gotta go like top to bottom on on her. I haven't really dug in like too much. Yeah, I mean, I feel like she has so much depth because the "What Was I Made For" song, you know, I heard her playing it on Saturday Night Live, 
and just playing it on a keyboard or a piano and just singing to it. And it was very soft, much different than what I'm used to with Billie Eilish. And then You Should See Me in a Crown is just like a great like song as like a woman to just be like, yeah, like be proud kind of stuff. And um, Happier Than Ever is more like focusing on that breakup, but it sounds really soft. Uh, soft at first talking about like you know I hope you're happier than ever but then like dives into like you know what you were a bit of an asshole and you said a lot of mean things and lies about me like what is wrong with you and I didn't do that to you so why did you do that to me and just just great like she's all over the place and I love it I'm here for it keep it up Billie sure. Eilish yeah. <laughs> yeah she's unique she does her own thing which is awesome especially for younger artists she's got her own lane Number five? Number five. We're in the top five. All right, my number five is uh, Smoke by Victoria Monet and Lucky Day. Two of I my think I've th- heard that one. Oh, there we go. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Woohoo. We got one. Yeah, she, so <laughs> Vic- Victoria Monet and Lucky Day, two of my favorite artists working and making music. Um, this is from her second album, Jaguar 2. And she's kind of in the same boat as Janelle Monet, like monster year for her tour videos, two you know two or three songs that are charting all over social media, just really hitting her stride as an artist. She's really more was always well more well known as a songwriter, frequent collaborator with Ariana Grande. She's kind of one of those people that if you mention her name to twenty five people within earshot, you might catch a couple that are like, yeah, I've heard the name, I know a song or two, but most either won't know her or if you look up her credentials you're gonna be like oh holy shit she wrote that and she wrote that and she wrote that that's typically crazy me. talented <laughs> yeah yeah that's right yeah and uh this was this album was kind of like a reintroduction for her you know of like her sound and her style and her you know her songwriting and um lucky day is kind of in the same boat as her of like another one of those guys where it's like he's done a ton of stuff but people might just be like i haven't heard that much or i'm not as familiar but two incredibly talented people two of my favorite people decided to join together and make a song and smoke is just a banger love love these guys so yeah um if 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 you are sort of familiar with this one especially for you if you've like if you've might thought you might have heard this you might have to go a uh, double back on it and be like yeah you might have because it's been around it's been out there <laughs> well so that's how i am with a lot of music like i i've always been that type where i don't really listen to a full i mean i i do listen to full albums of people but i tend to not like most of the songs so then i pick out songs and i get more into the songs than i do the artist but once i start listening to enough songs i'll recognize the artist but it takes me a while like i need to hear probably at least a half dozen songs and be like, okay, I dig this. Who is this? And then I dive into it. But otherwise like, Oh, I really love this song and it's a one-off. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I get like very obsessive with music where like, if I hear, um, if I, like somebody sends me a song, I need to go back and listen to like 35 songs and four albums from that artist. Cause I'm like, well, if I like this one, what else is there that I'm missing? And I usually just, I, I rarely ever just catch a song and be like, oh, that was cool. Yeah, I like that. I'm like, well, who's that artist? And when did they make that? And what other albums did they make? And how many albums do they have? So, yeah, it's just, you know, different approach. I, I like that. Oh, Scott, you make me think back to when we were younger before streaming and 
you could buy a single song on a CD and we actually would spend money to have a CD that played one song. I was so bad. Amy, this is crazy, but like I was just my cousin and I were like just talking about this where I was like I had like cre- or, uh, Return of the Mac by Mark Morrison. Like I went to yes. the wall in the mall and yes. like bought just the single of that for like three dollars and ninety five cents. I was like, yes, I have Worth this song and it's on an album and, or it's probably on a cassette. <laughs> honestly, that makes it sound like we're 72 years old, but it was just a single. Yeah, you could buy just a single. That was the original iTunes. Yeah. I'm just buying the song. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, that's awesome. Takes me back. Uh, I like streaming better. <laughs> Same. I Although much I rather do still have, have my streaming. CDs. I have CD binders of my CDs that are just sitting in a cupboard because now I don't have even a vehicle that has a CD player and computers don't have them. So I used uh, to have like 400 out. CDs and I sold them all back to a store and got either store credit or money and bought a lot of movies. <laughs> all right number five right yeah so my number five is a band that is new to me this year um they've been around for you know at least a decade now um i was going into a local coffee shop and a friend of mine manages the place and she had this band playing in the background music and i was listening to it and i really just just liked the vibe of it it had this very chill reggae vibe to it but also had a little bit more of that alternative rock, like an Evanescence sound to it, but then gave me that indie rock vibe. So it was just like a nice new blend to me that I was really digging. So, you know, I asked her who the band was and she was surprised I'd never heard of them before because she thought this was the kind of band I would listen to. And I'm like, yeah, it sounds like it is. Uh, so this one is the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Uh, Scott, do you know the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs? For sure. Yep. Yeah, I figured you might. <laughs> um, so... The songs that I listened to, it just came out in 2022. It was on their most recent album, but I have had friends recently tell me to go listen to some of their older stuff too. It's really good. Uh, so I look forward to diving deeper into this band. Um, they are an American indie rock band. Uh, they just have really great melody and vibes going on. The The voices of the song are, are fantastic. Uh, the two songs that really resonated with me were Spitting Off the Edge of the World and Wolf. Uh, so I really I'm into wolves. I'm into a lot of the the signif- the symbols, symbolism of of what a wolf means and what it's like uh, to be that independent, have that bit of a, a, a dark side and a light side. My my little Star Wars vibe going on. So I really like what a wolf <laughs> represents. Um, and then just spitting off the edge of the world. Uh, they they wrote this song in relation to some wars that were happening uh, during the time. And it. It made me also think of just like when you get into this moment where you're just like, you know, there's so many bad things going on around here. Just like you just say F it to everything and just spitting off the edge of the world is just like sounds like, yeah, like that's what I need to do right now. I just need to spit off the edge of this place and just say F it and move on. Um, So I really just love these two songs, especially. But I look forward to diving into some of their older stuff as well. Scott, what do you like about this band since you've listened to them before? I have, yeah. I mean, it's they're they're unique, and I, it's, I wouldn't say it's one I return to all the time, but definitely one of those that, like, when they came out, it was like they just they had a different sound. They had a different sound than like everything else that was out. I wouldn't say they made my uh, my replay, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I like some of their stuff. I have returned to some of their stuff. Yeah, that's a good that's a good pick. 
Oh, actually, I think I, I, oh, go ahead. I mixed up, uh, I, I mixed it up. So their song wasn't about the wars. That's another song that was on here. Um, that comes a little closer to the top of my list, but this song was more about reflecting on the state of the earth's environment. Um, mm. so how we're kind of like shitting on the earth's environment. Um, you know, kind of feeling that here, uh, these days when there's no snow in states where there should be snow right now and it's, it's raining and warm. Like it feels like it's already spring and what the heck is going on? January is usually that month that I'm complaining how cold it is and I'm just not there. And yeah, you know, we gotta stop shitting on mother earth. It's like um, April outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, correction. That's what that song's for. The war one comes, comes a little later, um, which was news to me. But um, yeah, uh, what was your number four, Scott? All right, my number four um, is a song called Questions by R&B singer Maida, who probably is like one of the most like true blue vocalists. Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible singer. Um, her melodies are just like off the charts. Another one that you pull up YouTube, you'll find like eight, nine different covers that she's done. Um, and not really covers, you know, they're her own songs, but just live versions of her own songs. And she's she's probably going to be, I at least I hope, I hope she's going to be one of those artists that in a year or two and another album under her belt is going to be like household name. This was off her debut album um, called When I Hear Your Name. And her vocal command and just, this is like a master class on how to just vibe and flow and just be melodic and use your voice on an up-tempo track. It was produced by Kate Trinata, which he's got quite a loyal following. A lot of people know for his albums and his production. And um, this was another one of my, like, kind of upbeat summer anthems. It's got a great video. And I've listened to this tw- 25 times, 30 times over the course of whenever it came out this year. And she's great. I She's everything she puts out. Like this. She can't she can't miss she's got great vocals great presence writes her own songs you know works with great artists and um yeah this is also on the pool party list i'm pretty excited to hear that there's a cool music video to go with it because i feel like that's something that's lost these days True. um you know we used to get to we used to come home from school and watch total request live and see music videos and i actually used to get really pissed off because the ones i wanted to watch would be the ones they'd only play for 30 seconds and then they dive into one that i just really didn't care about i'm like Can you please turn that the sucked. other one back on yep. <laughs> but yeah i i used to love music videos when um i think it i can't, I can't remember the name of it there was it wasn't mtv2 but it was like underground tv or something do you remember that scott it was it was some channel you could get on cable that only came through for a couple years, but it was straight up just music videos all day, every day. And was it like I the box? would just live on it. That might be it. The box. I think you're it could right. Be the box. I kind of remember that being yeah, like I think nothing right. but music videos. Yeah. Yeah. I really dug it. It was just nice to see. I, I loved all the choreography. I've always really been into uh, dancing and the way people express themselves through dance. So seeing the way people would express their music through their motion, too, was very intriguing to me. Or, you know, what what kind of story are they trying to tell with the song they're writing that even even if it's attached to a movie, what's the story that they mean to go with this? So I, I really love music videos. So anything that has yeah. a good music video, please send that my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's a lost art for sure. Yeah, it's nice to see, especially artists like her and like 
you know, Victoria Monet, Lucky Day, like artists like that, Troy Sivan, like the ones, some of the songs I've had on my list, like their, their videos are top notch. They're thematic. They go with the song. There's, there's a purpose to them. Those are the videos that I think are kind of a lost art. So yes, my number four questions by Meta. Yeah. Uh, so my number four is a band I learned about from watching a TV series this year uh, called Cruel Summer. I watched season one and two, which was much better than I was expecting it to be. I I hesitated to watch it. I don't know, Scott, have you seen Cruel Summer? I haven't. So so I hesitated to watch it for a little while because it, it although it was hitting time period of when I grew up as a teenager, it felt like, oh, this could be like really uh, just not not for me anymore. Like it may have been for me when I was 14, but maybe not now. But I really got into it and the storylines were, were super cool. They're, um, it's basically like a thriller who done it kind of story and you learn who did it, but it still involves teenagers uh, from the 90s and early 2000s. <laughs> so it was it was very fitting uh, for me. But this is a band that does uh, from what I've noticed from the music that I found by them so far, they do mostly covers. But they also have created some of their own music, which is really cool because a lot of it is instrumental. There's a little bit of vocal that goes into it, uh, but that's mostly with the covers. And it's kind of like music that you would expect to hear when you're playing an epic video game scene or just something you'd play in the background when you are playing video games. Uh, The band is called Damned Anthem. Have you heard of them, Scott? Haven't. No. I found one you haven't heard of. What? That's rare. You did it. Oh, Amy. Yeah. Um, so the three covers that I really love that they did, uh, one is Dust in the Wind. They do their own version of it that gives it more of like an eerie, chill vibe than the song originally was. So I, I love the way that they sing it. It just it just sounds more like it is Dust in the Wind, too. Uh, they do Final Countdown, which to me, I love the song Final Countdown. It's a very nice, has a nice beat. It's fun. But this is more of like that that eerie vibe of like, this isn't the final countdown to something great. This is the final countdown. Be, be Beware. Uh, and then they also do their own cover of Zombie. And Zombie is one of my favorite songs of all time. So I love listening to covers of that. And they do a really fantastic job of it. But yeah, otherwise, a, a lot of their songs are very short, too. They're only a couple minutes long, which is... Um, different today to, to have it be so short but a lot of it's more instrumental and just if, if you're into some of that more symphonic kind of rock vibe like what you hear if you play video games listen to some damned anthem it's pretty good let's check it out you got me one that i can add <laughs> yeah right, i, I really three. I, no, I was just gonna say i uh, i noticed i've been diving into this more like rabbit hole of covers of songs and so this is I'm finding a lot of music in that way, too. And I really like I, I like people taking I like covers, I think, more than originals anymore, because it's just nice to hear people's different spins to songs and hearing them in different genres, because there's I know it used to be where they they'd take like a slow song. Like I remember hearing My Heart Will Go On on the radio and they would try to put like a dubstep beat to it. And I'm like, what are you doing? This, there's no world where this com- combination is what I want to ever hear. Um, and they would play it in in dance clubs and stuff too and it's like oh please please just stop but now with these things that are more like covers i i I love it i dig it damned anthem does a really great job with it and it just gives more like a dark eerie vibe to anything they play yeah it's funny you said that too because like i used to i used to not really like covers at all i was just like i don't want to hear that i just want to hear the original (laughs) 
Um, and then I started to get more into them in the last few years, especially with, um, you know, you could pull up on YouTube and they got like, uh, like a version and you BBC's <laughs> like radio one. And if you're ever, I don't know if you've ever gone on and checked those out, but the like a versions ones are like, just the, these artists are covering songs that are really out of their wheelhouse. Like Paramore covered, um, Drake and, oh wow. um, churches covered Kendrick Lamar's love, which is like, was an incredible cover. And oh, they're yeah. like really unique and just different. And like when I started to listen to a lot of those, I started to be like, okay, this is how you do covers. They're completely different, really unique, but they're like that artist sound. So it, it's like it, 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 it was easier to kind of start checking more of those out. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I always loved those uh, Pop Goes Punk albums that would come out where people would take the songs and it'd just be more like a punk rock band playing yep. something that would be a Britney Spears song or something. Uh, I think they had, they, they did a song by, uh, what was the other one I really liked? Uh, I can't remember it offhand right now, but they just do, they do a lot of those and, and it's just, I, I dig it. I'm really here for it. Lil Wayne. They did some Lil Wayne songs. That's what oh it was. Yeah. And they, they turned it into punk music and it was just so cool to hear this, you know, new version of these songs. Yeah. I like when they're flipped. Um, all right. Yeah. I'll get into my number three. Um, number three is, uh, don't let me down by Gus Dapperton and Benny. You a Gus I think Benny I know fan? One. I think I know that song. <laughs> I, I could listen to Benny just sing Google searches. Her accent <laughs> and her voice is just incredible. I love it. Um, also little one loves Benny has been singing it since Aww. she was little. Um, this is their second collaboration. They collaborated on the mm-hmm. really kind of caught fire popular uh, Super Lonely. I don't know if you know, familiar with that one. Mm-mm. Benny's That was a Benny song with Gus Apperton, Super Lonely. Okay. Um, which is kind of like the sad girl anthem. But this one is off <laughs> Gus's uh, third album, Henge. And it's their second collaboration together. And they just, they got magic. And I, I kind of hope they do like a collab album. Because they just got it. And this is also fits in that subgenre of very 80s synth pop, upbeat, sad lyrics. Um, I actually read an interview where Gus Dapperton talked about this song, and he actually described it as a cry for help with a yearning of two forces being pulled apart. And when you listen to the song, you're like, what are you talking about? Because it's a jam. Like, it's, it's upbeat, it moves, it's got like, real heavy like the you know like i said those 80s kind of synth pop vibes um but this one's awesome and it from the out from his third album and it's a great album benny like i said i'm like top of the fan club for benny anything she puts out so and these two great chemistry nice i like when that happens too when you can get two artists that they just go so well together they just got happen often <laughs> yeah they're two they're two for two i hope i hope they keep putting stuff together like i said i they would be like kind of two two perfect artists where if they did like an ep of six five or six songs or if they said we're going to do a full album all in it's not going to be bad well that theme kind of carries over into my number three too it's a it's a combo of two artists that i absolutely love one i grew up with one somebody i got into over the last decade or so and listening to both of them in a song together some a collaboration i never thought would happen but 
I needed it to happen, I guess. And I hope that it happens again because they're just, they're two badass women in totally different reasons. Um, the song is uh, Love Goes On and On, and it's a combo of Lindsey Sterling and Amy Lee from a band called Evanescence. Uh, have you ever heard this before, Scott? I haven't, but I will say when Evanescence was like at their height when I was in high school, I, I was not a fan or listening to them, but man, what a, what a voice she has. Her voice is amazing. Uh, I was I was always really into Amy Lee and her voice. And then Lindsay Sterling plays violin. She she's done a lot of mashups where she plays violin and has uh, EDM playing in the background. But then she's done a lot of Christmas music. I've seen her perform live once, too, and she's amazing. She'll she'll be playing a violin while she's doing aerial tricks like Pink does and does a lot of dancing and running around and plays all different styles of violin. And sometimes she's singing. So, so like I'm looking at this person, I'm like, she can do ballet, she can do aerial, she can play violin, she can sing, just is there anything she can't do? And she just does it all. Um, and this one actually has a, a really, it's a very simple music video, but it's very cool. It's basically just both of them walking through this nature area that almost looks like something from Lord, like the Lord of the Rings. Uh, when you're when you're around the, the, the Hobbitshire and all that. Mm -hmm. And it just it's beautiful where they are. And Amy Lee just sings, belts out the song beautifully. Lindsey Sterling's beat drops along with her violin are just amazing and make the song fantastic. I would love to see them do more uh, combinations like this. And Lindsey even talked about it, too, in a in a um, interview after the the, the song came out that it, she was fangirling over Amy Lee pretty much the whole time, too. So she was very excited to play with Amy Lee. Um, so yeah, I, I I just absolutely love this, and I I love this song. This will probably stick with me and be in my Spotify rap every year going forward. <laughs> It'll be in 2023, 2024. Every year you make the Spotify <laughs> raps of songs that didn't come out in that year. It'll be there. It's a good thing that people have a whole year to forget what we put in the year before. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and honestly, like you said, just to hit on it again, I good artists that have that chemistry, like just every time you get people like that together i love that it's like i wish i wish like more kind of popular artists would collaborate i love that all right i'll hit my number two what um, you got for number two scott so this one is um i'm not gonna say the name of my friend because well i'll keep his name out of it but he's gonna know who it is when he listens to it um, this is going to be like a little dedicated to him because we battled about this artist um, over text exchange for like what felt <laughs> like two months. And not only was it in a battle, a, a text exchange, it was in a, a group chat of our wives. So they got to be, you know, Ooh. you know, they got to be uh, innocent bystanders in this war. But um, this is Drive Me Crazy by Little Yachty and Diana Gordon. Okay. And I'm going to like, Full disclosure here, like, I am not a Little Yachty fan. Anything he's done, like, before this recent album, I was just like, I'm not going to hate on him, but, like, it's just not for me. It's just it's just <laughs> weird. It's, like, off, you know, I'm just like, no thanks. But I'm like, you know what? He, he does his thing. He's got his niche. He's got his fans, and that's cool. So he put out this, this is his fifth studio album called Let's Start Here, and he released it this year. And I saw Quest Love, uh, you know, of famed Roots, fame producer you know extraordinaire he he's a, just one of those guys who's like just a music encyclopedia 
And he posted about this on Instagram. And he talked about how he loves when artists take big swings and step out of their comfort zone. And I was like, if Questlove is posting about Lil Yachty's album being like an experimental big swing that he loves, I'm like, there's no way I can't listen to this. And I put it on and I was like, mind blown. I was like, no way that this guy is capable of making this music. You know, maybe like a five out of 10 for lyrics. But what he put into this and the producers he worked with and the songwriters he worked with, especially Diana Gordon, whose vocals are just angelic on this. Diana Gordon's pretty well-known singer-songwriter. She you know, helped write Beyonce's Sorry you know, on Lemonade, and she wrote Bad Habits oh, wow. with Steve Lacey. So she's no joke, you know, and they performed this on Saturday Night Live, actually, and this was like, it was just an incredible live version. Um, heavily influenced by psychedelic rock. There's R&B elements in this album. He worked with a couple, I think, electronic producers, and you could just tell he actually took this seriously from like a mu- like a musician's standpoint. And he went into this album acting like he was Jimi Hendrix. And he clearly is not. But the music that came back was incredible. And the production's top tier. And it's just, there's way more melody, way more instrumentation. And I, this actually was on my like Apple replay top five like songs. Like I think this was like number three because I played this song to death. And I nice. love this album. And honestly, there's like maybe a couple on the album that I'm like, eh, they're up, they're fine. But for the most part, this might even have been close to being one of like my favorite albums of the year. And oh, wow. We bat- and we battled about it. My friend and I battled about it for quite a bit. It was like pretty, pretty heated. And he was not a fan and he was not sold by Yachty's experimental turn. But I was like all in. And I did actually send him <laughs> just to, just so I could have like a little bit of like a, you know, kind of throw it back was a Rolling Stone named Yachty's album, like number four or five of the year out of their top 100. So I was wow. like, I felt like I was dunking from the free throw line. I was like, there we go. There's my, there's my dunk. I got, I, I got my basket of my, I, I found my one. <laughs> Yachty did it for us. So yeah, that was my number two. I, I love this album. Drive me crazy. Lil Yachty and Diana Gordon. Yeah. So you're getting into that new music, Scott. There's always something new out there. I love a surprise. I love an experimentation. I love a turn. I love like, you know, when an artist says, I'm just going to do something completely out of the blue and just, you know, mess some shit up. You know, Childish Gambino did it a few years ago with Awaken My Mm -hmm. Love when he everybody was like, whoa, what was that? And um, yeah, there's some famous ones out there. Common had Electric Circus and there's just there, you know, there's a lot of great ones. but. and they tend to age better when they come out. They're kind of like, you know, they're polarizing. Some people love them. Some people are like, that's that's crap. Like, the, what what is that? They tend to age pretty well. You look four or five years down the road, you're like, that that guy was doing something nobody else was doing at that time. And honestly, I'm saying that's the hill I'm dying on. Yachty's going to be loved for this album. <laughs> what you got? Number two. Uh, well, so number two is one of my favorite songs from all time, but this this year it really resonated with me personally too. Um, but this is the song that was originally written related to wars that were going on back in the mid 1990s. Um, and there were some children who were killed during the war, and this is what it was focused on. The song ended up being banned in a couple of the uh, locations where the band is originally from. Um, but the song is Zombie by originally by the Cranberries. Uh, and they 
They'll always be my favorite version of it, but as I've been getting down my rabbit hole of covers, uh, I, I really liked Damned Anthem's version of it. But I also really liked uh, Miley Cyrus's version of it, too. Miley Cyrus had a very raw voice when she sang this song, and it just is, she just killed it for me. Um, I really, it made me start listening more to Miley Cyrus songs after I heard her sing her version of this. Um, so I am in into more Miley Cyrus stuff than I used to be. Um, Bad Wolves did a very great version of this, too, and they made it their own. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of Bad Wolves before, um, but they're they're another group that does a lot of more take songs, make it sound more alternative rock than what it is and more grunge. Um, but yeah, so so this song just really resonates. I feel like, you know, we're still coming out of an era of a pandemic, and I feel like I've been living like a zombie for a while, and I'm just starting to feel awakened again. So uh, this song just really sticks with me throughout the years, and I, I, I love every time I hear it. I was, uh, I was at a local bar recently, and a, a band was doing a cover of it and it just it always gets me rocking around and headbanging and singing and and really excited so i think this song will also always live with me as we go forward i i kind of i kind of think like the cranberries might be one of those bands that's kind of like universal like approval rating like does anybody like hate the cranberries is there anybody that's like eh, they, they kind of suck like i feel like if somebody said that you'd be like what what you don't like the cranberries what are you talking about <laughs> yeah i've never heard Somebody say they don't like them. I've never heard that. I've never heard anybody say that. There's plenty of bands out there, you know, <laughs> artists, people are like, nah, not for me. Yeah, I like them. I've never just heard the Cranberries come up and somebody go, nah, I don't like it now. That doesn't well, they happen. had a lot of breadth to their music. Like, you know, they could do something yeah. as, as dark and powerful in the vocals as Zombie, but then they could mm-hmm. also do more lighthearted stuff, and it just, it's, it's great. Yeah. Solid. I love it. Um... Number one? Number ones. Here we are. I hit that number one this year, Scott. Oh, one of my favorites. Another um, band that I think they're finally hitting their stride. They're on their, this is off their third album called I've Loved You For So Long. It's called Always Get This Way by the Aces. I've heard um, of the Aces. I have been on the Aces trains since they came out I, I i found their one of their original singles they released kind of on accident there was like a buzzfeed article about like a hundred songs of like the summer and whatever and it was kind of like a throwaway article of like yeah here's some songs and, and, and the aces were on it and they were very they might even have been number one and they were but they were if not they were very high in the list and they were kind of only the only one in their top 10 that i was like who is that looked them up loved the song was just like this is really fresh. It's unique. They have, all have their own style. They're four um, lifelong friends, four women from Utah, and they got an incredible story. They all kind of broke out of um, Mormon churches to pursue music, and three of them are gay women, and they've kind of become huge, kind of, kind of beacons for like um, the LGBTQ community, and they're very outspoken and very positive about it, and. Um, the wife and I went to go see them live in October in Washington, D.C., and they put on just an amazing, amazing show, incredible stage presence. We actually got to sit for like a Q&A with them, oh, wow. and, which was awesome. And they just spoke about some of their songs and their songwriting and like their friendship and like how they, you know, their upbringing. But you could see within the crowd and how eclectic and diverse it was. And you could see 
what they mean to that community. And it reflects in their music. And in their first album or two, it was it was there. But they talked about how this album, on their, which is their third album, they really kind of hit their stride and was like, we know who we are, what we want to do, what type of music we want to make. And this song, she spoke about, the lead singer, Christopher Ramirez, spoke about when we were there about how it was about shame and like the panic, you know, um, panic and struggle dealing with like mental health. And like, they've just been huge for that. And they have a lot of influence and they talked about those influences where um, their drummer and the lead singer are sisters. And they talked about how they grew up with, you know, punk and R&B and like classic 80s pop. And you can hear it all in their music. And um, this album, I think, is probably their best because it's like the most cohesive. And it sounds like it was like really like a young band coming into their own and being like, this is the music we want to make. And I kind of toggled with a couple songs off their album for like my number one, because I was like, I knew I kind of wanted it to be them because they're just incredible. And I've been introducing them to like anybody who will listen. And I'm like, you got to get on the aces. You got to get on the aces. And there's not many all, all there's not many bands out there that are four young women in their twenties who are like unique and writing their own music. And kind of back to what we were talking about before with like, they're on Red Bull Records and it's an independent label, but they just hit their first world tour this year. So they're creeping up there and I'm hoping they're going to get to be that band where everybody's going to recognize them and recognize their music because they're incredible. And they're another one that just you put the albums on top to bottom. No bad music. They're just not making bad music. Um, I love them. Another one I put in the car and the little one eats it up. <laughs> Loves them. Great role models for you know raising a daughter yeah that's awesome i i love that i love seeing more badass women come out in music and film and everything now too it's just it's so refreshing um to see them in more of those kinds of roles i think it's what's put me down my rabbit hole a bit more of trying to listen to more female artists too or female-led bands yeah, and I mean, I real quick too. Like, I went back and I kind of was like scrolling back through my list, and like, this was a monster year for like women in mm-hmm. music. Just even real quick, like I said, like Benny Maida, Victoria Monet, or uh, Victoria, yeah, Victoria Monet, uh, Janelle Monet, Naomi Sharon, Sadika, Beyonce had a monster year. Our girl Tay Tay had a monster year. There, it's just huge. women kind of ate this year up i I feel like that's okay (laughs) i'm here for it i I love it yeah (laughs) love it you're number one Uh, yeah so my number one is a song that came out in 1991 but i only got reminded of it stop laughing at me (laughs) i only got reminded of it you know, in the last couple of years, actually. And it's crazy because I owned the album and that this song was originally on. And I listened to the album all the time when I was younger. And I don't, the song doesn't resonate with me as it does now uh, based on what it's attached to. And it's uh, Something in the Way by Nirvana. So anybody who's seen the new, the Batman movie Batman. Uh, with Robert Pattinson and Zoe Bella Kravitz, uh, you will know this song. It's it's just a song that uh, is is just is glued to the movie now. And when I first heard it, I'm like, 
when did this come out by Nirvana? Because, you know, Kurt Cobain is no longer with us and they haven't put out music in a long time. And it, it got me looking into where it was. And I, I couldn't believe it was from the, the one album that I, I owned and listened to so much in middle school. And I never thought about this song until now in mm. adulthood. And it really sticks to me now. You know, I, I love the new The Batman movie. Uh, I think this is one of the things that got us talking so much <laughs> about all our, our our different nerdy interests uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Is, is the Batman. And you finally watched it after all this time. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. This movie is amazing to me. And this song is just it fits so well in the movie and just that that vibe you get of the Batman and trying to figure out who you are in life. But it's also relatable in that way because, you know, being being young, we're not really quite old yet, Scott. But I feel like <laughs> when you're younger, you're told like by this age, you're supposed to really know who you are and have an established life. But I feel like I'm always changing. And, you know, sometimes that thing that's in my way is just something for me to think through. And I'm going to come out somebody totally different tomorrow. And each day we're growing, changing. Our environment's changing. Our world is changing who we are we're changing um so i really just enjoy this song now a lot and i listen to it all year round so it had to hit my top for this year great needle drop in the batman (laughs) yeah don't can't give away too many of those takes (laughs) but yeah yeah that's a that's that's a great one yeah I, i i came i I was not like a a grunge fan. I was a little bit like too young. I also had an older cousin who when I when I was like most impressionable, I was on 90s hip hop. Um, I also had some cool Gen X aunts and uncles who listened to Pearl Jam and Nirvana. And I and I came to this stuff a little late. But when I heard that in the movie, I was like, man, this just works. Yeah. And so this is this is one thing too, like. So this song in that movie, the rest of the music is done by Michael Giacchino, and it's also fantastic. Uh, great composer, great, great soundtrack. Uh, but this song is an actual song that plays in the movie, so it just makes it stand out that much more. And it was something, I feel like it is one of those that I sing along to it because I just love the vibe it has and what's going on. And so I, it made me look up the lyrics. This is one of those songs that there's only there's one verse and it repeats twice. It's the same four lines both times. And the chorus is just repetitive as well. (laughs) It just, I was like, wow, this song is so fantastic. But then I read the lyrics and it's, it's weird, but it's also deep, but it's also, you know, you might see that and not hear the song and be like, what are they even talking about? It's just, it has so many simplicities and complexities to it. And it just gets my, critical thinking mind going like crazy and i love it great song yeah i love that um yes yeah, so, i mean do you want to do so there's our 10 do you want to do so a couple runners up or and then we'll like we can maybe like run down just list off what our from 10 to 1 is yeah i mean you know it's it's crazy because i didn't uh i i looked through my spotify wrapped this year and a few of these came off of it but a lot of them didn't make my my rap, which confused me because I feel like these are the songs I've listened to a lot this year. But I guess, you know, I, I don't know how it calculates the songs. Maybe if I hit repeat on something or, you know, um, 
Spotify, when you put something on random, it'll automatically keep repeating the same songs over and over rather than playing other songs in it. So then you don't really get deep in your playlist. So I've had to kind of take the, the randomizer off, which I think skews my wrapped a little bit. Um, but other songs, you know, I listen to all year round. One song that really sticks to me is uh, Donze Kuduro. I don't know if you ever heard that song, Scott, but it's in Fast and Furious movies. It's so upbeat and fun. I listen to that song when I'm cooking. And I just am like bouncing everywhere. I have no clue what's being said. I just know it just keeps me upbeat and happy. And I could just bounce around to that song all day. Um, There was a remake of the song, What is Love? Uh, If you've ever seen Night at the Roxbury, it's a very iconic song from Night at the Roxbury. (laughs) But this is a remake of it by Brahim and uh, Mawem. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But it had more... It took this techno song from the 90s and made it a more new age techno song. And I, I'm here for it. The beat is amazing. The way they sing it is amazing. They they change up a lot about it, too. So I really I just love the changes in it. Um, and then otherwise, yeah, just kicking it to some older songs like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Higher Ground. I listened to that one quite a bit. And Lady Gaga's Born This Way always sticks to me. Um, and John Williams made it into my top artist of the year of course because those who know me know i'm pretty into star wars and john williams is also a fantastic composer so i did listen to a lot of john's williams music this year iconic love that guy how about you scott any any close runners up yeah i had some tough ones that i had i was like oh man this is just too big of a list like (laughs) it's just and the same thing with Apple, the replay, like they gave me the top like 10 and I was like, this is pretty accurate. But there was other ones where I was like, I don't know, this little bit of this has to be janky because there was some I listened, I knew I listened to like on repeat, listened to probably once a week or at least every other week a couple of times. And it just like wasn't there. And I was like, so a little, little something going on in there. But um, yeah, ju- and just to just to double down on it being kind of the year of the year for women, um, uh kind of new and up and coming artist Nyjah her whole album I didn't even pick a song I was like her whole I just literally wrote her whole album I just listened to it the other day in the morning like in my headphones just because and it's incredible um Naomi Sharon actually shows up again but it's uh she's featured with um other two other uh well a group two guys um uh, Majee Jordan who are two R&B singer producers who are from Canada and are on also on Drake's label Love their vibe, love everything they put out. Those two got together and did a song called "Waiting for You." So incredible! Um, song called "Shake It Up" by The Breathing Effect. Never, honestly, this was one of the ones where I can't remember if I heard it in something or it just came up, but never even heard of The Breathing Effect and until this year. And I've heard this song and it was funky, and I was like, "This is awesome." Went and checked out some more of their stuff. Loved it. Um, one of my all-time favorite artists probably ever, Terrence Martin, um, him and Alex Isley put out a cover, kind of what we were talking about earlier about covers. I used to never really care for them. They put out a cover of Sade's Paradise. And for anybody that doesn't know, I mean, Terrence Martin is started as a hip hop producer, but comes from a very musical family. He plays the saxophone, produces, uh, sings, writes, um, and is kind of like a jazz fusion slash kind of hip-hop producer like it's 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 impossible to even put him in a box but he put out like five albums this year and they're all incredible oh wow um 
my my pool party '90s kid comes out because uh, a song called West Coast Weekend was put out with Tiger Blast and YG, and I'm a sucker for West Coast just raunchy rap that samples not only a Tupac song but samples Cameo. Um, I love it. One of the ones that I actually love, well, so I'll say Ocean Sounds, Larry June and Alchemist, another hip hop song, uh, kind of a concept album that was amazing. Um, Layla by Unknown Mortal Orchestra. Don't know if you're a fan of them or if you're familiar with Unknown Mortal Orchestra, but Black Odyssey. And um, this was with him and uh, hip hop producer Alchemist did a project together, and this was called uh, Judas and the Holy Mother of Stank. And it was awesome. Okay. Okay. Influenced by Outcast, influenced by kind of old Parliament, this it ripped. Um, yeah, no, I was, it was tough. It was tough narrowing it down, but you can only pick ten. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to read through what your list was? Yeah, so I'll go for a ten to one. Um, my number ten was Waterslide by Janelle Monae. Uh, my number nine was Lucid Dreamer by Naomi Sharon. My number eight was Show Up by Sadika. My number seven was Tioga Pass by uh, Yusuf Days and Rocco Palladino. Number six was what, uh, What's the Time Where You Are by Troy Sivan. Number five was Smoke, Victoria Monet, and Lucky Day. Number four was Questions by Maida. Number three was Don't Let Me Down, Gus Dapperton and Benny. Number two is Drive Me Crazy, My Guy, Little Yachty, and Diana Gordon. And number one, Always Get This Way by The Aces. Amy's top ten. Ten was Bitch on Madonna by Madonna and Nicki Minaj. Nine, Hold My Hand, Lady Gaga. Number eight was Run the World, Girls by Beyonce. Seven, Raise Your Glass by Pink. Number six was a Billie Eilish collection, Happier Than Ever, What I Was Made For, and You Should See Me in a Crown. Uh, number five was the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs with their songs Spitting Off the Edge of the World and Wolf. Number four was Damned Anthem with their covers of Dust in the Wind, Final Countdown, and Zombie. Number three was Love Goes On and On by Lindsey Sterling and Amy Lee. Number two was Zombie by the Cranberries, also with a cover by Miley Cyrus. And number one was Something in the Way by Nirvana. Awesome. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we got to do this. I'm glad we kind of did this in time for the year end, and I'm glad we didn't uh, change our minds and decide to <laughs> redo this so you could pick all the songs from 2023. <laughs> I thought it made it more fun. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of glad you stuck with your actual year end rap, and I stuck with my just 2023 songs that I picked from uh, this year. I think it, I think it made it more interesting. You're educating me on new music, Scott. That's all that matters. I'll share some of it with you. <laughs> so yeah, so that's uh, that's our episode number two, top ten songs of uh, 2023, and um, this is ranked, and we'll be back with another episode shortly. In the new year. 